Ultimate Escape is a family-friendly ministry that addresses sexuality. Some episodes may contain sensitive terms and subject matter, especially for younger children. Hello and welcome to the Ultimate Escape Podcast. I'm David Chenault. Today we're going to talk with Steve Holiday in the studio as we get an update on the Ultimate Escape Ministry. More than 10 years in the making, Steve Holiday and his wife Holly have brought a voice of truth to a culture that is overwhelmingly filled with confusion about sexuality. Today we'll hear how the ministry has changed over the past several years, places that Steve's been recently, including Brazil and Guatemala and plans to go to Africa as well as other places all across the United States and the world. So sit back and enjoy another edition of the Ultimate Escape Podcast. So in the studio again today with Steve Holiday. Good uh, day to you, sir. Hello. And uh, I, we're going to talk a little update today. Let's update about where things have been. It's been a while since uh, since you've kind of given us a, a, a recap of what's been going on, where, how things have been going for it's you. It's been a good year. Uh, we've been a lot of places and had a chance to meet several people. Uh, you know, the presentation side of the ministry has been uh, pretty active this year. Uh, a few new countries and another new country coming up here uh, in about six, six eight weeks. Uh, Dominican Republic, first time I've ever been to the, wow. the DR. Uh, they speak Spanish there, so obviously we had to translate. Uh, so you've brushed up on all your Spanish, right? I mean, <laughs> see, <laughs> that, that was all my Spanish right there. <laughs> so, so we talk about the ministry side, the presentation of the ministry side. Uh-huh. You're talking about the, uh, you, and it's not just you, but the, you going out and doing presentations, uh, talking to folks about sexuality, about different topics, actually, right? Um, and uh, lot, your 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 object lessons, which we've seen, uh, can learn a lot about sex from a. Whatever it happened, yeah. fill in the fill blank, blank right there. Right. In fact, I think I, I used your chocolate cake uh, example okay. two nights ago, in, in fact. Um, and so you're talking about really visiting folks in large groups, small and large groups, right. um, uh, talking about um, the idea about uh, healthy sexuality. Yeah, I think the smallest group I've ever done was this year, uh, a Sunday morning Bible class at a church in California. I think there were five students in the class. Uh, that was just you know part of what we had done through the weekend sure. with that church. Uh, and I think the largest group is uh, probably you know a few thousand. We had some churches and some university settings. We had sure. a few thousand in the audience. Uh, but yeah, we're typically much closer to the five side than the two thousand. I'm curious, side. which which one do you prefer? Do you like the big giant groups or do you like the real small intimate groups? Uh, it's easier to get volunteers with larger groups because there's a bigger pool to pick from. Sure. Yeah, so I, I probably enjoy the large group more just because there's there's so much more dynamic mm. that can happen when you get that many people together. Yeah. So Dominican Republic, we were there. There's a a home for children that the church where Holly and I attend, the WFR Church in West Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, there are several people from that church that went on a, a mission trip. Uh, I think this was July, and so I went. Uh, it was my first time, and so you know my goal was just to begin to build some relationship with the the home there and, and the the children, looking to go back at some point in the future and do a bigger. Uh, a bigger presentation mm. model. So went and uh, had a good time. Beautiful area. You know, obviously there's, you know, it's um, kind of a third world setting. So there's, you know, economically, it's not a, a wealthy country. Uh, but it's just the beauty of the land, uh, especially the coastal area, which there's a lot of it on mm. an island. Right. Uh, uh, just, Surrounded you know, really by it. it. And the people were great. The, the, the kids uh, were, were friendly. They were interested. Uh, they were easy to present to. Uh, even though it had to be translated, you know, still, and the object lessons make that so much of an easier process. Because um, whether we're talking about a chocolate bunny 
uh, or in this case, you know, uh, to, to PVC pipes and talk about you know, the, the value of connection and uh, and core beliefs and, and the lies the enemy plants and you know, walking them through that process. Just a good experience. We were in uh, Guatemala recently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an organization, Great Cities Missions. They're based in Dallas, uh, and they do uh, renewal conferences for missionaries. Uh, I've been involved in the one in Brazil for almost 10 years now. The first time I went was 2009. Mm. So I've had five trips with them for English-speaking missionaries. This is my first time doing it for Spanish-speaking missionaries. Wow. So there were 68 uh, missionaries and ministers who were from Spanish-speaking churches. And uh, our team, I think there were 16 or 17 guys on the team. All of them spoke Spanish. I'm the only one of the team (laughs) who doesn't speak Spanish. (laughs) Who's so, out? Odd man yeah. out here. So, yeah. you know, our weekend of training, all that was in Spanish. Oh, no. So, you know, they had to translate everything for me. Uh, the entire time we're in Guatemala, everything's in Spanish. So I'm, I'm getting it all translated. Mm-hmm. That, that was a really unique experience. And this is training for missionaries, folks who are in the field, kind of refreshing them and, right. and recharging their batteries exactly. and, and getting them back, uh, kind of filling them back with the spirit again. Right. You know, you've got these guys who are uh, very isolated with mm-hmm. where they're at. You know, whether you're in in a mission field or stateside, um, if you're in ministry, it can be a very lonely place because people are looking to you uh, to come alongside them and help them with life's issues. And you know, as a, as a teacher, a mentor, a pastor, okay, who who's providing that for the pastors? Right. And so many of them live in this you know this bubble of isolation. Hey, I can't talk about my problems, my weaknesses, because I'm not supposed to have any. Obviously. You know, say that tongue in cheek. I mean, yeah. logically, we know nobody right. is without issue. But you know, from a religious culture standpoint, we do sure. expect our leaders to be on this uh, you know this level above all the rest of us. So, you know. so the uh, conference is, as you said, it's, it's to recharge batteries. It's to give them a, a week of hey, we're going to take care of you this week. So they have no responsibilities other than just be present and soak in the opportunity to relax and learn. Mm. Uh, and um, basically be rejuvenated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I did three presentations, uh, hour and a half every afternoon, and we did a theology of sex. Now, in you know, in America, and we've talked, you know, we've even had podcasts before, sex around the world and, right. and differences in cultures. Okay, we don't talk about sex in our churches in America. Uh, you know, we joke about it and, and you know, in a very informal uh, way, you know, kind of detached, we can make fun of it. But All right. To talk seriously. We just, we don't do that in our culture. Right. Well, they really don't do that in Latin American <laughs> culture. Uh, but it is so sexualized. Yeah. And so, you know, it, sex is just an integral part of the culture, very in your face. Uh, probably even more so than in American culture. Is that is there a relation there? The the more sexualized? I mean, I, I, I would say today's society, we feel like the United States is a, is a pretty sexualized culture. But as you mentioned, you go down to Brazil or you go to some Latin American countries, it's even more right. so, um, and it's kind of, is that inversely related to how much you talk about it in, in, in common that's society? That's a great question, and, and just kind of off, you know, as a knee-jerk response, I would think, yeah, there probably is a, a causal relationship there. Hey, the more secretive it is, mm-hmm. uh, the the more it, uh, it comes out in unspoken ways. You know, right, I always right. said behavior is a voice. Behavior says things that we don't know how to say or it's not safe to say. Mm-hmm. So if we're not talking about sex with our voices, well, our behavior is going to find ways to say, right. say things. Right, right, right. Uh, so anyway, we did a theology of sex presentation, very well received. Of course, you know, the lead in with that is the chocolate bunny. 
do they have chocolate bunnies they, in Guatemala? They do have bunnies, apparently. Well, I don't know if they had any chocolate bunnies. I had to import mine right. you know, from, my, from my vast number of them in my locker in my office. <laughs> you have a little small co- company that makes Listen, them on the side, right? Uh, no, but uh, every year after Easter, I mean, the, literally the day after Easter, I'm going to the stores and getting the chocolate bunnies at deep discount, and you know, I store them up. And, That's a great idea. Um, here, here's my disclaimer. I'd never know if I'm giving a this year's chocolate bunny or a three years ago chocolate bunny. Just depends on how far back in that locker I right, had to reach. Right. <laughs> so anyway, that, that always breaks the ice, and it, it it doesn't matter what country we're in. The chocolate bunny just that, that puts people at ease, mm. uh, and th- and then we go from there. Uh, so you know, f- outstanding response from the guys. Just I don't I don't even know how many of them came up at some point during the week, just thanking me for being there and for talking about the topic. At least you think that's what they were saying. It was all in Spanish, so, <laughs> well, so some of that was you know, that was some broken English. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so I, I came back with a souvenir. Um, you know, I'm sitting here. We're having a conversation. I've got a wrist brace on. In the the last day was uh, the different uh, uh, dynamics of healing. So, you know, whether you're talking about mental healing or spiritual healing, relational healing, emotional. So one of the object lessons in that presentation is you can learn a lot of healing from arm wrestling. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't think, Which I don't you think are, I've ever done that here. No, you've never done that here. But uh, for the listeners who may not have met you in person, you are a prolific arm wrestler, though. Um I've arm wrestled a few times, but it's usually like 13-year-olds that I'm arm wrestling. I was going to say, you had like a standing agreement with your son or whatever about arm we wrestling. Did. I mean, yes. that, yeah, arm wrestling is a big part of yeah. your life well, to a certain uh, he, degree. You know, it, 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 it became that just because of that object lesson. Right. But uh, yeah, well, with Griffin, and um, if you notice on Facebook, he won right. recently. So um, Griffin got his hundred dollars finally. <laughs> Which, if you're sitting next to me, uh, next to next to me, Steve sitting next to me here, um, I have one of the weakest, puniest upper <laughs> arms in the world, if you can ever imagine. Um, and and yours, it's like four of my arms all put together. Uh, you do a few weights, I will we'll say, uh, just a, a little bit on the upper arm strength. You know, there, do- so. Donuts uh, do cause a little bit of uh, muscle growth when you have to lift. That them is day not after. true because I have put away tons of donuts, and I and I'm still. I mean, I got. I got like grandma arms here. They flop underneath. But anyway. So anyway, um, so the, so the part of the object lesson is, you know, I get somebody who I'm pretty confident I'm going to beat. Uh, and they'll come up and, you know, they, they lose two or three times. And it usually takes about the third time before they decide they don't want to do it again because they know they're going to lose. And so uh, ask them to think, okay, what, what could you do different? If you want to win, but doing the same thing over and over, you know you're going to keep losing. What are your options well, my volunteer is looking out through the group, and he says, so could I ask somebody? And I said, sure. And then his eyes got real big, and he said, could I ask more than one person? And I thought, hey, this is perfect. This really fits my illustrations. I said, sure. So he gets the three biggest guys in the <laughs> audience to come up, and, I, and now I, I got you know, I got no option at this point. So right. I'm concerned about my shoulder because I've had a shoulder injury you know, in the last few months. So I thought, I'm whispering to them so nobody else can hear. I'm saying, okay, don't tear my shoulder off. Okay, so, so we're all focused on don't hurt Steve's shoulder. I never thought about my wrist. Uh. So I got these four guys. You know, these are not teenagers. These are all grown men. Yeah. Okay, so it's me against four. And they're all using two hands each. So I've got my hand against eight hands. Uh, and we say go. And you know, I last for you know probably a couple of seconds. And on the way down, we hear this snap. Oh, no. And like the whole front of the room, like the, the, the front 40 guys all heard the snap. Oh, no. Um, one guy told me later he thought we'd broken the table. Oh, no. Uh, and it, it didn't hurt 
initially, I mean, I, I felt the snap. Uh, so I knew, okay, something just happened, but it, there was no pain. Mm. So I, you know, it took about 10 minutes to realize, oh man, okay, something bad just happened mm. to this wrist. And so we had a doctor on site and he came and examined it and said, it looks like you probably popped a tendon. Um, he said, you know, give it four to six weeks and yeah. should be back to normal. Okay. So I'm, I'm giving it four to six weeks. <laughs> and you're hoping it's going to be back to normal. Yeah. It, uh, that Holly had no sympathy. Uh, <laughs> Holly's uh, first comment was, why did you let that happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, now she's been struggling with some injuries of her yes, own over the true. past. So yeah. she knows how to recover from an injury. Uh, so that was, uh, that's Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um, any place else you guys been traveling around? Um, well, you know, a number of places in the States, uh, did some presentations out in Redwood City, uh, just outside of uh, San Francisco mm-hmm, earlier mm-hmm. this year. Uh, did some things at Fried Harvin University uh, back early in the spring. Uh, we, you know, we were in Cleburne, Texas, uh, not that long ago. The uh, There's a church in Monroe, Louisiana, we did a weekend event with. We've got Cozumel, Mexico coming up here uh, in about six weeks. Uh, that, again, that's going to be at a, an orphanage um Home for Children gotcha. there in, in Cozumel. Uh, and that'll be you know, for students and staff. Uh, some of that will be training for staff. How do you deal with issues related to sexuality, sexual trauma? Uh, and then some of it, excuse me, will be specifically for students. Sure. Um, you know, who have, you know, almost all of them have lived through sexual abuse, sexual trauma. Mm. Uh, just a part of the background. Okay, so how do you as a teenager, uh, how do you work through this? And, and uh, right. what does recovery look like? Sure. Sure. Um, I do want to go back to Guatemala because it was a really neat God story uh, as we wrapped things up there. Yeah. Uh, I noticed in that second day of presentation, you know, we were talking about addictive sexual behavior. And, of course, you know, as as I say, luck, quote, unquote, as luck would have it, uh, you know, one of the questions came up about masturbation. And so I'm talking about uh, masturbation as a topic. And I look out and through the doors that are open out to the, the hall, I see a hotel employee standing there just staring in, listening. And I'm, you know, just kind of split second in my mind. I'm thinking, oh, great. I can only imagine what these hotel staff guys are thinking as they're walking by, hearing what's going on in here. And then I just kind of dismissed it and went on. But I noticed he stood out there for a long time. Mm -hmm. So on Saturday, as we're loading up luggage, this guy comes and finds me and has one of our team members who can translate for him. And he tells me how much he appreciates me talking about that topic. And he says, you know, I've struggled in this area. And I don't know if he's talking about sexuality, if he's talking about pornography, if he's talking specifically about masturbation. I don't know what he means by said when he says struggle in this area. Uh, he says, I've struggled in this area and nobody has ever talked to me about it. Now, this guy is probably in you know, late 60s. I mean, he's wow. you know, definitely an older employee there at the hotel. And he says, I've, I've always wanted somebody. I've prayed for God to send somebody uh, who could teach me about this. Uh, he said, and as he wrapped it up, he said, I just want you to know that the words you spoke were not your words. They were the words of Jesus. I thought, wow, how powerful, how cool is God yeah. to, to you know, put us at a, a site, uh, a hotel venue, uh, where hey, there's somebody there who's looking for this information. So we end up, because this is not the hotel that they've used in the past. This is a different location. Mm. So I, man, how, do you, how can you understand the mind of God and how, how far back has God been working in order to answer this guy's prayer right. uh, of providing him information that he, he you know, is looking for. Uh, so just a neat God moment, kind of, you know, who, who'd have thought. Right. Uh, and that's the last thing on my mind is, hey, this guy really wants to hear this information out there. You know, I was thinking, hey, we're, we're probably making him uncomfortable. Sure. And he's more like curious, hey, what are they talking about? In right, there? But right. As it turns out, he was standing out there intentionally trying to learn 
wow. from the material that we're covering at the conference. Yeah, yeah. So just this really neat God moment. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. In a foreign country uh, all around the world. And, uh, you know, we've done some other uh, equipping things this year. Uh, Adventures in Missions is a, a program out in Lubbock where they train uh, mostly college age. And, you know, graduate from high school, kind of in that late teens, early 20s right. phase of life uh, to do, I think it's an 18 month program yep. I mean, you're, you're familiar with yeah yeah we've AIM. worked with worked with aim students before uh they've come over uh, when we were in germany we had some aim okay. students that visited us on a couple of occasions over there that spent some time about 18 months with us over there so they have um typically have me and holly come out and do a weekend with their students every new class so every year mm-hmm. we're, we're out there uh, holly couldn't go this time she just you know had a conflict came up last minute with a, a job that she's doing um from the education that she's in right now with, uh, trying to do the nursing program uh, so she she wasn't able to go. I went out and knew a combination of the presentations, teaching, and then the counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's always a um, you know, kind of a double-edged sword, so to speak. It's, it, uh, I love being there. I love being able to, to be a resource. Uh, but I find that working uh, in the last few years, specifically, more of the counseling consults that I do, no matter where it is, whether you're in this country, other countries, mm-hmm. I'm just finding more and more of the deep trauma. Uh, that people are looking for help. And I, I think that's just a reflection of kind of where we are as a culture. Right. Uh, but, you know, it, it, you know, 14 years ago when it started, almost everybody that I worked with was dealing with pornography struggles or sexting. You know, that, that was the, the most common thing. And then for a few years, it seemed like sexual identity was the real common core. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think probably 60, 70 percent of the people I worked with for a few years uh, from a counseling standpoint were coming in with some sexual identity confusion issues. Uh, and here in the last probably three years, it's been much heavier on the sexual trauma right. point. Uh, so we'll probably do a, a podcast uh, here very soon on, uh, sure. or, or you know, uh, by the time this one airs, it, it may have already aired before. Sure, but you know, sure. we'll deal with sexual trauma as a topic. That, that speaks somewhat to the <clears throat> the ability of the ministry to uh, to change and adapt to the things that are going on. Uh, that you're seeing in society. It's not, not necessarily a stagnant ministry. This is what we do, and we do it the same way all the time, but right. able to respond to what you're seeing in society. Yeah, when we started Ultimate Escape, I never expected uh, to have any kind of expertise in dealing with sexual identity. Uh, that, that just wasn't on my radar. But the more I started having individuals uh, looking for help with that, I thought, hey, I, I need to have more training around this. I, I did some specific training at ISW Institute for Sexual Wholeness. It's a, a group in Atlanta, Georgia, they train pastors and counselors uh, specifically around sex therapy or, or issues around sexuality. It's a graduate level program. So you go and it's a weekend intensive. You do some reading before you come. You're there for, for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday class section. Uh, there's typically a writing or some kind of a research assignment that's a part of that too. And then mm-hmm. you know, into the semester, you're, you're done. Uh, so that was one of the areas that I went back and did some additional training in. Uh, just because, hey, we we see people needing help with this issue. Um, that's kind of the that's the scope of what we do. Just uh, didn't expect to have that as such a main focus. Well, and I think also uh, in terms of, of flexibility and things that you've, the, the way the ministry has changed over the years and even the past, maybe past year, um, we've talked before about the idea that if, correct me if I'm wrong. Originally, your your focus was on solely on teenagers, mm-hmm, uh, right. young people and teenagers. But now you've seen the, the the ability to multiply the efforts by being able to train pastors and and ministers right. and folks uh, leaders in the church who are or in, in schools and communities who are 
interacting with those kids on a regular basis. Right. Uh, the, the more we can equip the people on the front lines, mm. you know, like, like your, your youth minister and your kids come to you, they're, they're going to come to you uh, much more likely than they're going to go to somebody else. Uh, so if we can train the youth worker, the youth volunteer, the person who is the, the primary uh, go-to for the teenagers, uh, wow, that's that much more you know, kingdom advancement. Mm-hmm. So to speak. Sure. I know over the past, uh, it's been almost two years now, you guys have also been under uh, 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 undergoing a, a change in terms of, of your image, uh, the, the way your your website looks, mm-hmm. uh, logos and that kind of stuff, in an effort to to try to be as appealing to as many people as possible. And that continues on in terms of, of, of looking at the way that you're able to get the information out and, and attract people to, uh, to the ministry and to the resources that you have available. Yeah. yeah. When we started, you know, as you said, we're pretty exclusive. We're looking for for, you know, t- venues to get in front of teenagers. Mm. Uh, we've noticed that, uh, you know, that, that kind of creative, um, experiential approach that we have uh, is a good fit for both teens and adults. Uh, and in the last you know, probably five years, we've morphed more into, if I go to a church to speak, it's not going to speak to the teens, it's going to speak to adults and teens. Uh, that, that most church leaders at this point are now looking and saying, hey, if we're going to have Steve come in, we want him to talk to everybody, not just one particular group, not right. just the men, not just the teenagers, not, not just parents. We're going to cover this information. Again, look at the dynamics or the demographics in a church. Right. What age group doesn't need this information? You know, teenagers sure. certainly do. Uh, but the college age, I mean, they're in the thick of, you talk about you know, sex as part of a culture. You know, in this hookup um, generation, um, you know, sexuality and on any college campus or in that phase of life is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, young couples, you know, even with no children yet, you know, the, how many young couples struggle sexuality because of history? Parents of young children, yeah, obviously they're in prime position to uh, to be educating their children early mm-hmm. uh, and, and very proactive. Uh, parents of teens, uh, this is a huge topic in teen culture, which brings us right back to you know, kind of. Um, that circle of you start with teenagers and then go up through um and even grandparents you know we holly and i are fixing to enter the grandparent world here in just a few weeks Uh, (laughs) right around the corner yeah our daughter savannah is uh 36 weeks at the moment we're recording this and so you know any day now yeah here we go and we we include ourselves in that demographic but i find a lot of grandparents who are so interested in what's happening with their teenagers uh, or, you know, their grandchildren who are teenagers in the world that they're growing up in. Right. So we get a lot of interest coming from that age group. So let's talk real quick about uh, things in the past year in terms of, of financial issues and, and funding and, and growing of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Where how, how has that changed over the past few years? I know that you guys have had a couple of campaigns, uh, financial campaigns mm-hmm. along the way, how people can get involved, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we've had a good response over the last few years with our monthly uh, donor group, you know, people who are, are recurring every month, you know, so, some it's once a quarter, but most people it's every month. You know, they're giving it a level of, you know, whether it's $10, $30, $50, $100 a month. Uh, and so it's been very helpful for the ministry to have an increase in that, just the cash flow, the steadiness of, hey, every month we've got a, a base of cash flow that's coming in from recurring donors. Um, we've got a, uh, a foundation in Middle Tennessee uh, that has made a, uh, a a good size of $40,000 matching gift grant uh, to Ultimate Escape. So the challenge is now to maximize the value of that matching grant. Uh, so we're looking between now and the end of the year 
uh, for any new giving uh, qualifies as to be doubled. So, you know, somebody says, hey, I'll support Ultimate Escape, you know, one-time gift of $500. Well, that $500 becomes $1,000 mm. because the, the Foundation Middle Tennessee is doubling right. anybody's gifts. That's that's great. So um, what's the future? What's the next year look like? You guys already, I know you guys got, are already booked up. We got, for... Well, we got a few things <laughs> on the calendar for next year. Uh, we've got three um, and, and potential to do a, uh, a training event in Kenya working uh, there's a um, a community in Kenya that the community around the Twin Cities there Monroe West Monroe uh, Louisiana mm -hmm. uh, there are a number of churches that all have gotten together I think about 10 churches uh, who are working and coordinating with this community in Kenya so they're going to do a pastor's training event next spring and uh, we're we're in discussion with them to bring me in and do some equipping of the pastor specifically around sexuality and trauma wow uh, so that's exciting looking at, at the spring uh, of course, I got Brazil. You know, I've already been contacted and uh, agreed to be part of that team for Brazil next fall. Uh, that'll be the English speaking. You know, a lot easier for right. me to do the English speaking <laughs> than to, to try to right, right. follow everybody's Spanish <laughs> when I don't speak Spanish. Um, so we've got several things. Uh, I'll be back in Ohio next spring. Uh, it looks like the last weekend of March. And uh, it, one of the one of the most um, encouraging things to me I was contacted just a few weeks ago by a church in southern Louisiana. And the lady on the phone said, hey, we're going to have a youth rally in, in January, but we're going to have the youth rally, and it's going to deal with sexual addiction. And I just, wow. I, wow, how impressed I was to get that phone call mm -hmm. of, hey, there is a church that recognizes this is an, an issue that teens need to be uh, aware of uh, and be equipped for. I mean, how many churches do you know that would have a youth rally dedicated right. to helping teens deal with sexual addiction? Yeah. Because uh, obviously, it, you, know, I mean, you and I both know on, you know, on the front lines that hey, yeah, almost every teenager is sure. dealing with this issue. Absolutely. But most church leaders are not prepared to not try to deal with it yet. So I was just so excited yeah. to hear, hey, they're going to do a youth rally and it's going to be focused specifically on this. I'll be down there uh, the last weekend of January uh, doing a that's awesome Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, and, and working with some other organizations in the area. You can just capitalize, hey, if I'm going to go down and, and be there for a weekend, let's make as you know, as, as um, much use of my time as possible. Absolutely. And so looking forward to that. So if someone wants to find out more information right now about uh, Ultimate Escape, things that have gone on, uh, some kind of highlights of what's happened or any of the presentations, you know, some of the presentations you've done in the past and how to how to help out toward the future, what's the best way to do that? Uh, probably the best way is contact me uh, and, and my number is on our website. So if you go to ultimateescape.org, just right there on the landing page, uh, you know, our numbers uh, is on the website there. Uh, you can also, our podcasts, uh, right. you know, hey, the, the easy way to discover more about Ultimate Escape, listen to the first four episodes of this podcast. Sure. Uh, it gives you a big background. Um, and then, you know, Facebook, um, you know, whether you friend me personally, you know, Steve Holiday on Facebook, or go to the Ultimate Escape Facebook page. Uh, those are the, the easiest ways to just stay current with, in, in real time, what's going on, because I'm typically posting uh, I use my Facebook page primarily for here's what's going on with Ultimate Escape. That's the way I keep track of you is I'm like, okay, which airport is he posting from now? Okay. <laughs> so uh, and I find most of our supporters who use Facebook, yeah. that's their primary way to, to stay up to date with what's going on with the ministry. Yeah. Thank you so much for stopping by. Appreciate the update and all things going on. We wish yeah, thank you, you all the best in the coming year. Appreciate it. And that's going to do it for us today here at the Ultimate Escape Podcast. Remember, if you'd like more information or would like to send some feedback, let us know what you think. You can find all that on our website, ultimateescape.org. 
And don't forget to check out our other podcasts, which are available on a variety of topics. You'll find them where most podcasts are available, including Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, and even on your Amazon Alexa device. Simply ask Alexa to play the latest Ultimate Escape podcast. Again, thanks for joining us today. I'm David Chenault, and this has been the Ultimate Escape Podcast. Podcast.